Hey guys, it's me, your faithful host, D. Williams. Yes, it's been a long time since I've talked to you guys before the show, but I will tell you, this is a very special show done in a very special place. Yes, it was done live in a Starbucks. <laughs> so, unlike most shows where I edit and play a lot of sound effects and whatnot, uh, this won't be that. This will be kind of the uncut version of the episode, uh, just because, yeah, I recorded it in a Starbucks. Um, that was the only place that me and Johnny could get to together and so that's where we went and it, it's still a great conversation it's still a really cool podcast i just wanted to let you guys know that it won't have the normal uh beats or uh format that you normally see but don't worry it's gonna be awesome anyways if you guys want to see me of course definitely check me out live at the world famous doll hut april 12th and it's gonna be awesome there's gonna be a lot of cool other open mic comedians as well as real comedians too and there's also gonna be the big one year anniversary special if you're a fan of this show if you're not a fan of this show you're gonna be a fan of this live awesome event at the world famous oc steel house in anaheim may 12th it's two dates that are 12s just remember april 12th and may 12th that's when you're gonna go see me live anyways guys i will give you more details uh there's gonna be already six comics for sure on this bill if you've heard the show if you've loved the show and you love the guests the guests will be there as well doing stand-up comedy so it's gonna be great it's gonna be free there's gonna be food drinks whatever man it's gonna be awesome so come check it out definitely all right so without further ado let's get into this episode episode 49 of this comics life with johnny flowers yeah yeah Life. This is your host, me, D. Williams, aka Daryl Williams, aka Dumbass, aka dude that's hanging out in a Starbucks with a really cool dude and probably a mentor, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into it a, lot, a little later. Uh oh, he's got to turn off his cell phone too. <laughs> and uh, we're hanging out in a Starbucks, but I'm also hanging out with the one and only Johnny Flowers. Hey, <laughs> how we doing? Very well, Johnny. Hey, is your actual stage name, like, is that just a stage name, Johnny Flowers, or are you actually <laughs> named Johnny Flowers? 
That is my legal name. Wow, that is. That's crazy. <laughs> I always love talking about how like people like, you know, come up with their names. You know, how does Cedric the Entertainer become Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> you know, or how does, you know, anybody become like, you know, who they are? Like when does it become like, "Oh, I just want to be a name versus no, this is now my stage name." You know, I would probably say that um uh, I would think that people choose stage names because they they believe that they'll be beneficial to their career. Well, um, I think yeah, if you want to have like an easy name to say on stage, that's a good thing. You know, if your last name was something very difficult besides flowers, you know, it might be like yeah, I might want to change it to flowers because it's easier to like have people recognize and say Johnny Flowers instead of Johnny Bohoyman or something. <laughs> like Well take take say like um Lisa Lampanelli. Right. Um that's a name that when you hear that um it's kinda unique. It's you know it's not and a how many times do you think she got mispronounced when she got up on stage, you know, like this is Lisa Lampanelli. Yeah, I, I would imagine um <laughs> Probably initially, probably a few times. The first, like, five years, I would assume. (laughs) You know what? I would, because I've heard people who've known her uh, were there when she started. And um, and I understand she was, um, she heated up pretty quick. Yeah, there are those cool people, you know, in this game where they just, you know, they find it really easy, you know, early, too. You know, they talk about, like, this you know, is a, a game of years. And then some people are like, what? It took me a year, if that, you know, to start, like, making money. Oh, I know people who heated up in a couple of years, mm-hmm. two or three years. Right. But I, I don't think anybody came in with a timetable. Nobody does. Yeah, I think they just got in and, and either happened to just heat up or whatever, right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, um Say like uh, who was I thinking about? Um, like Lampanelli, you know. I hear she was a uh, a real um, what's that? Ri- um, her writing was um, was was pretty uh, sharp. I mean, oh she, yeah, she's always she a good joke pre- writer. Yeah, exactly right, a real crafty, creative. Especially when it came to like roast jokes and trying I mean, to jokes, be like, jokes. Period. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's she's definitely a killer. I mean she. I would love to see her. I'm sure she plays Vegas quite a bit. Oh, I, I've seen her several times right. out here right. in Anaheim right. at the Grove. <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet venue. It sure is. Hell okay, yeah, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great for comedy. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the OC Steelhouse, the venue of your choice, I guess, if you have to choose. <laughs> well, that's one of them. That's um, I guess you could say that's um, the OC Steelhouse is where I book. Um, the weekend shows, right. comedy shows. That now, how did you get involved with that? I um, actually, um, I was talking. A guy called me up um, about one thing about my day job, right? Um, and during the conversation, he happened to mention that he worked at this new bar that was getting ready to open up, and um, and I believe I because I know knew had known of the bar previously so i believe that i asked him about comedy and he suggested i come down and talk to the owner that's sweet and the owner was receptive to like oh yeah let's just have three nights of comedy 
every weekend? Uh, no. Actually, <laughs> um, the owner at the time, the one that I talked with, um, said uh, when I asked him about it, he said, you're too late. Right. And I said, what? He said, yeah, somebody beat you to it. And it was going to be what instead? Oh, comedy. It was just another comic oh. who was going to be hosting a room. And did you now have like a fight on your hands or like? Oh, no. <laughs> you took it to the streets? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm, I'm not. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm the kind of comic that um, if I see somebody else doing something, I'll back step out of the way. That's, that's right. the kind of guy right. I am. But this particular comic did not want to do a weekly show there. And you did? Well, well, he suggested to the owner to call me because he was a friend of mine. Right, right, yeah. right. So the owner uh, called me up, and I came by, and he said, uh, Sebastian asked me to call you, and uh, the rest is history. Sweet. And then you've been doing that every weekend since. Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I started off Sundays only. Okay. No, no, no. I take that back. I take that back. I think I... I've done several days there, not but not all in succession. Right. I think I did like I did an open mic comedy on Wednesdays. Right. Then we had a Sunday show. That was then, a book show. Right. Then we cut Wednesdays out, hmm. and then we went strictly with Sundays. And so I've been doing Sundays for um, probably about I would say about a year and a half. Sweet. Uh, somewhere around there. I'll and yeah. I was going to say, I'll go down memory lane a little bit and say that you were the first booker I probably met in the in the game uh, a long time ago through Eric Escobar. Right, my buddy. He yeah. was like the first guy that like was like, hey, let's go do some comedy. <laughs> and then I was like, all right. And then he's like, I know this guy, Johnny Flowers. He runs this show. And it was over here in Anaheim. And it was uh, in the back of a garage or something like that. <coughs> I want to say the show was called Tickles. Yes. Do you remember this at all? Oh, of course. <laughs> and actually, it was in Garden Grove. Yes. And yes. it was the the venue was in the garage of my of a sober living house that I. I operated. did not know that at the time that it was a sober living home. Yes. I thought it was just some guy's house. No, it. Was I thought it was sober. your house, maybe. <laughs> it was one of my sober living homes. That's awesome. And uh, we, and then you said like, "Hey, I want to turn this into an open mic." <laughs> You know what? I had um I got back into comedy in December. Well, I actually started doing the footwork. I kind of um did due diligence for probably about from like September up until December. I got off in the books and tapes and of 2016 or uh no, of uh 2010. Okay. That's when right. you first started. Uh that's when I restarted. Oh, when did you yeah. first start? Oh my. <laughs> we going way uh, that this way may back. this may have even been uh I almost would uh too far I, back? No 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 <laughs> but I, I would almost uh wanna say that this could have been before you even uh hit the population. This was, oh no man yeah, this was in like wow. the, eight, the early eighties. <laughs> I'd like to take that as a compliment if you think that I'm that young, but um I'm pushing thirty five so uh, I don't know if it was that this, long. The, if you were born <laughs> before nineteen eighty. Nope, eighty two. I started comedy, yeah, before you were uh Dang. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the biggest differences between when you first started to when you restarted? Oh man, I would probably say mainly um 
I would probably say that with uh, technology, social media, right? Probably that's social media. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, everybody has to be a, a marketer now. You know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just it, it changed the game. I mean, really, it's right that, now. How did you get your name out there? You know, back then in the eighties, you know, make yourself a VHS tape. You, you know, I, this was this was. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this was. This who this could, I hate to say it, but this, this literally almost was yeah around borderline VHS. But uh, basically, you just um, you just was out really grinding. You just out in the streets. You just right. went from just hitting club mics to club. overnight. Yeah, every venue night, three or four mics a night. Uh, I wouldn't not at that time. I mean, there were people doing it, but I was sure. not. Certainly in you know New York. You know, I imagine out here. And you started in New York? No, no, I'm from Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and started. So you started in Detroit? Uh, Royal Oak. Sweet. Yes, sir. And was the scene a lot different, you know, from Detroit to here? You know, um, that's funny. Um, because to this day, and this is like, what, this is uh, almost 40 years later from when I first initially started. It's 36 Somewhere along those lines, um, thirty-six, yeah, thirty-six, <laughs> thirty-seven. Um, uh, the only only difference that I would say is that is probably, well, of course, this is L.A. You know, this, you know, this is you know, it's a this huge is, venue, right, right. This, I mean, people come here to get into entertainment. Totally, this is the place to come if you want to be a movie star. Um, yeah, you trying to particularly if you're trying to be, a, say, a comedic actor. I always found it, like, interesting to think about, like, you know, would I be better off, like, starting in a smaller city versus starting in one of the biggest cities ever? You know, you're starting in Market 2, maybe, a, a, you know, I don't know if you want to compete with New York but or which is better. New York, but comedy-wise. <laughs> right. Okay, so L.A. is number two, and now it's like, okay, do you want to start in the number two, demogra- like, city? Or do you want to start smaller and then work your way up to L.A. or New York? Well, you know, after you've kind of built yourself a, a, a you know a set, <laughs> I would probably say um, you can literally live in California, uh, in LA. You can literally live in LA and work on your comedy for two solid years, two, three, four, five years, right? Or whatever, Riverside, San Diego. Temecula, right. whatever the case may be. Like but, a 200-mile radius, yeah. Yeah. Like I say, you could be right in L.A., but but you just never have to come into the mainstream. You could just, right. you could, in other words, you could literally um, work your craft until you get polished and then hit the main club, you know, hit the, the right. Hollywood. And, and Do you think that the, like, Comedy Store and the, you know, Hollywood Improv are different clubs than, like, the... Ontario Improv or you know the you know comedy store in La Jolla uh well um I mean they would all like to say that they were you know LA or SoCal clubs but I would say that they're way different crowds (laughs) how so I mean I mean I would say the times I've been at the LA comedy store it's it's pretty brutal you know they're into a different uh, type of joke than uh, I would say the the Ontario Improv. Okay, well, the Comedy Store is kind of like the um, what's that that Kobe says? Even to this day, to this day, they're still the 
the bar as far as comedy clubs, uh, particularly in L.A. I mean, as far as for comics. Oh, yeah. For comedians. The, the comedy It's the Shangri-La. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That is the place that, like I say, to this day, if you're trying to get anywhere, you want to uh, go through there. Yeah. Um, but as far as, um, uh, and, and also, remember, the comedy store has three rooms. Definitely. So, and whenever I go there, I mean, it's, it's like the, it's the other two rooms. It's the belly, the belly room, room, the right. original room. Right. But for the most part, um, the, um, the, um, uh, the big room, what, the main room. Right. Okay, the main room, for the most part, um, they, uh, they, uh, they generally have um, national uh, headliners. Oh, yeah. And it's not just headliners. It's like 8 to 12 headliners a night. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Potluck. Yeah, but... Or but it's like 15-minute sets, and it's like, you know, Rogan, D'Elia, and Jeffries all sure. like back-to-back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's like for... I mean, just say... I mean, because like, I, I don't care when you go to the comedy store. You can go at 12 at night. One, I mean, I've been there one thirty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at night, 12 o'clock <laughs> at night. And to see Brody Stevens? <laughs> no. It, just... I, I'm just there. At the, I'm a right. comic. Just and, hanging out? Yeah. And tourists uh, are coming in um, at all times, you know, yeah. out of the country tourists. You know, they heard it. You know, they want to come to the comedy store. And they're on a different time schedule, you know. It's like 8 in the morning to them. Exactly. So they're like, hey, let's hang out. Yeah. Let's go see a comedy show. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you know, closing the night out at one thirty, and they're like wide awake. Right. Ready yeah. for some laughs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and as far as the improv... Um, I mean, Hollywood Improv, they're right on that same... Hollywood Improv right. is... is that's, that's, a, that's another... But you uh, don't think the demographic's <laughs> a little different in L.A. versus the O.C. or the I.E.? Of course. Of course yeah. it's, oh, of course. I mean, I mean, again, the clubs might be still great. I mean, it's just... I would feel that there's a different type of audience member out yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... That might be into a different type of comedy. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you like this. Let me put it this way, Daryl. Um, you you familiar with, of course, subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've seen, well, I'm a comedian, though. Mm. You know, I'm just saying. But I've seen plenty of, you know, many comics who um, I was in a room and the whole audience was dying. And I'm talking about number three laughs. Yeah, and, um, he was killing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't necessarily, um, it, you know, it just wasn't my humor. Yeah, you're you know? like, I don't. To me, I don't get it. Right. I but mean, I can but, understand that he's funny. Right, exactly. That's the thing. Um, but, again, um, you know, it's addictive. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen comics who oh, we totally. may, yeah, we may not have necessarily uh, would pay to go see, but uh, but they're, they're... You can appreciate the craft. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're funny and right. But I find it, like, at least with myself, it's like... I. I find it difficult that I do find myself getting to be regional where like, oh, you know, down in the OC, they don't like the transgender jokes, but up in L.A., they'll laugh their ass off it. And, you know, it's like I don't like to change my subject matter, but I've noticed that I do because of the audience. Sure. And uh, do you notice that you find yourself doing that a lot? Like where you, you know, you, you'll go into a certain of material course. that you don't normally go into because right. this room is... Sure. Wanting that. Sure. I, I've done that. Um, I've actually, uh, believe it or not, <coughs> I had separate sets for an urban audience and a really? mainstream <laughs> audience. Yeah. Yeah. Separate sets. Um, matter of fact. Um, How different is it? Uh, it's a lot different. 
Uh, matter of fact, what's like the material difference? Like, what are, <laughs> well, you, what are you talking let's, about? Let's just say the material <coughs> for urban is a lot more raw, rawer. Like you're lot, more, uh, like you curse a lot. Uh, it could be a little bit more, a lot more bluer, and just it's a you lot. You drop more, a lot of n bombs. Uh, that, but I'm, but not only that, but one main difference that I've noticed between urban and mainstream right. is that urban audiences are more look for more truth i mean the truth is funnier more funnier than something right, that right. you can make up whereas right, 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 mainstream right. Uh, a lot of times they're you know the truth if you, uh, the truth joke joke that uh, that that would kill in an urban audience may not necessarily um uh do a wave out here um so uh, they like storytelling more uh well mainstream in my opinion uh are, are a lot more receptive to um uh, created jokes, um, right? Crafty jokes. Mm. Uh, basically, like I say again, stuff that you make up and you know jokes that you you know that you make up and and, and you craft thought them about and, and you've said this yeah. and you've made exactly. it into a right. part of you, your bit. You basically made a good you know you crafted a great a great joke. And then urban settings are more like you just riff and you do more crowd work and you do more well, loose again, premises just, or. It, it, it depends on the comic, but right. uh, again, let's just say keeping it uh, urban audiences, in my opinion, are more receptive to you being y- yourself. Right. To you being, like I say, telling the truth as opposed to, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, urban audiences love crafty jokes, but I mean, it just sure, really sure, sure. just depends on the individual. In other words, and I'm sure you've noticed this, an right. uh, audience recognizes right away um, whether or not you're. Uh, you're who you uh, uh, present yourself to be or totally. you're trying to pretend to be someone else. Yeah, I can definitely tell. Like, I think audiences are very susceptible to knowing whether or not, oh, this really happened to you versus, oh, this guy just made this shit up. Right. And, and, but then, but also, but like I say, particularly, I mean, you know, <laughs> lot, to me, a lot of times it seems like comics uh, do not give audiences enough credit. Right. Uh, yeah. Audiences are pretty sharp. And a lot, I mean... A lot of these audiences, and I'm sure you you you, you can concur. Um, a lot of these audiences are what you call um, diehard uh, comedy fans. Totally, just like you know, just like sports fans or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. music fans, whatever you know. But they go to a lot and have been for years. Yeah, they if they're regulars com- at an open mic, right. I would assume they're big fans of comedy. Sure, but, no, but I'm I'm just saying, yeah, well that too. But I'm just saying, a lot of audiences they just they follow their favorite comics. They totally. just you know, or they just they love comedy. And so, well, now that the internet is so prevalent, you know, you can definitely binge your favorite comedy. Exactly. You know, you're, if you if you love a certain comic, you can go online and find everything he's ever you know said or ever you know any special whatever. You yeah. Know? And it's yeah, it's not like you just have to see him that one night and go, oh, that guy exists. Yeah, like but you can find guys way before you found him in the like live. Sure, but that too. But also, if I like a comic that I've seen. Hmm. On YouTube or right. whatever, um, on the internet, you know, I've seen him on Laugh or whatever, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I like his comedy. I can't wait to go see that comic in person. Oh, of course. I, you know, I have to go see it because it's just it's almost like a teaser. Totally, you totally. Know? You 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 want to see that person live, and I always feel like such a good comic or a good comic will always take his you know act and make it sound like it's the first time that he said it, and it's also the guy. That's making it for that audience. You know, yeah, he might have said this joke. Yeah, he's <coughs> might, he might have had made these 
premises up before, but in that moment, this is for this audience. Right. And, you know, there will be little little changes, mm-hmm. little, like, intonations that will be just for that one audience. Like, I remember riffing on premises, and, and that's the, the cool thing about comedy is that you go into, like, a, a bit, and then you see that the, the audience is, like, receptive to that bit. Mm-hmm. And it makes you find a tag that was normally not there just because the audience was that into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if it, you know, or you find a tag when they're totally not receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can find it in those moments just because, I don't know, like, it's that moment. Right, right. I agree. Do you feel that, like, there's been those bombs where you're like, why do I do this still? <laughs> You know what? Um, <clears throat> or is it always a bomb that's like, oh, I'll get them next time. Whenever I've, uh, whenever I've bombed uh, what didn't have the best set, uh, for some reason. Yeah, it didn't work out the way you planned it. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, uh, those are the times that either I'm. Um, I'm either able to see things. In other words, I've learned something. And and a lot of times, I can't even uh, go that far from the venue before I pull over and start writing. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've definitely um, done that where, you know, you re- I record all my sets, obviously. Uh-huh. And then you listen back to your set. And, yeah, you hear, oh, they laughed at this or they didn't. So uh-huh. then you automatically go in the rewrite mode right mm-hmm. then and there. Which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, like I say, I, I, I didn't make it home numerous shows. Mm. Um, I had to pull over in the parking lot somewhere and wrote for like an hour, two hours. I mean, when nice. I, my first year, yeah, I think I, uh, matter of fact, that's, that my first year is where I picked up the habits that I have today, uh, particularly the ones with the, the comic, the comedian hours. What kind of habits would you say you have oh, when it comes the, to comedy? Well, the main... Uh, I think the main habits that I picked up are the late hours. Right. Yeah, um, you have to have the, the night owl skin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, I, I mean. It yeah, would be awesome to find a comedy club that was open at 8 a.m., but there's never one open at 8 a.m. There's not even, they're barely open at 8 p.m. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I think in New York, and, and, yeah. and I'm pretty sure, you know, they're underground places. Right. You know, I'm pretty sure that, um, matter of fact, I saw something online the other day about um, a couple of, un- matter of fact, it, w- it was an article on open mics in New York. Really? Yeah. And they were uh, talking about several underground comedy rooms that were in, like, restaurants and bars. Sure, sure, sure. That, um, yeah, you know, some of them, you know, were open, you know, sporadically throughout the day. And so you could do a spot at 2 in the afternoon or something. Uh, you could do a spot at like 8 a.m. Wow. I mean, depending. And there would be a crowd there. Uh, not necessarily a crowd. It was open mic. Right. I mean, so but, whoever was there exactly. eating breakfast. Right. <laughs> but, but keep in mind, New York comedy is on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. That's just, I mean. It's so much compactor. Like, you can do three mics, you know, within a two-block radius. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, three. You can, yeah, you can pretty much... Um, yeah, just or go. hit the you know one of the subway trains and get there in ten minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you can, yeah, you can literally. Um, <laughs> I've heard comics talk about getting up 
80 times in a week. Wow. Yeah. 80 times. That's, yeah. Jesus, that's like four. I, I mean, I've heard that said before, you know, or, you know, early on, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm it's like 16 sh- times a night. Uh, if you, I mean, well, I've known a comic out here who uh, did broke a record one time. He did like, if I'm not mistaken, he did something like 22 mics in one day. Wow. This was in Hollywood. But Jeez. now Marty's, as you know, yes, you know, you can, you know, you can stay there from five to, you know, whatever 12 11 sure, 1 sure. I have, and you know you can do and then you know it's just like i said it's a lot of these underground places that are of around. course of course but do you want to call like some guy's like apartment with the microphone like a mic like even though it's technically a mic or do you want, like do you call like an establishment a mic well you know i would have to where say- they're paying commercial taxes <laughs> i'd have to say daryl that i remember reading something in the la times it was in a calendar section on the front page right. and, and this was probably um oh this was probably at least 15 16 years ago right and it was in a sunday's paper on the front page of the calendar section and it said um had a big picture and it said something to the effect of the new um underground uh, hot, uh, uh, up and coming comedy, uh, whatever comedy right. direction, and they were they. The whole article was about all these underground sure. um, comedy mic places uh, that weren't mainstream at all. That were just like whatever in somebody's garage, living room, sure, sure, laundry sure. mat, um, uh, barbershop. <laughs> uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that wherever I mean, I. Um, matter yeah. of fact, the girl that you, uh, oh Amber, the young lady that you, cause yes. I, and I saw you. I just happened to see your. I think you, uh, you posted mm-hmm. the her right. Oh right, right. Yes. And I, I happened to see her pit, and I was looking at it on Facebook, and I because it took me a second. I cause she, she can, she can change up so fast. She, you know, sure. depending on you know what she's wearing, how she do her hair. But anyway, and I was like, okay, that's Amber. <laughs> she did. She had a. Uh, I mean, did you ever go to that mic? Yeah, did the Scalawax. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about it last uh, when we when I was. You on. went. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I, yeah. I think yep. I saw you there a couple of times. Exactly. That was yep. a hot open mic, and it, it was. was there for seven, eight months at least. Yeah, I and, mean, it, and that was. Uh, I mean, heck yeah, it was that, one of the first mics I ever went to that had like an actual crowd. I would have to say that. Um, uh, I can only think of maybe in all the times I went there, maybe maybe. Four times where it was not packed. I mean, and, and, and the night that that they did comedy there, it was like three other mics oh, that yeah. same night. Totally. And so, but it was it was one of my favorite places. Yeah, it was a good club. Amber's a really cool person. Yeah, I mean, she is Great really fun. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I used to I look forward to going Definitely. to that shop and yep. doing you know doing well, time. She's, she's thrown a few shows, and they're more, normally book shows at her uh, new place. That's okay. over in Long Beach. Okay. Now I haven't done her new place, mm-hmm. but now before before that place, um, she was also doing an open mic at yes. another barbershop and on Harbor over and at the uh, Blacklight. Okay. Okay. But yeah. But I'm talking about the one that was uh, right in, in uh, Fullerton that was right around the corner from um, the college. Oh, really? Yeah. She did it there for like maybe about three months, and I that have... was at a barbershop, and that one was hot. That's cool. Yeah. 
Well, she is a barber, so I do feel like it. That's her in. It's it, and it's really cool in. I wish I had that with my day job, where I oh. had like that facility where I could just be like, "Hey guys, you mind if I just turn this into an open mic at night?" That was. Um, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, no, go for it." <laughs> you know Israel, right? Hmm? You know Israel, right? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Well, Israel, did you ever go to his open mic? Where was that? His was in Santa Ana. Off uh, of, um, I might have yes. Off of Bristol, was it a Fairview art, art gallery? Uh, no, it was actually in a dance. What like modern a, a dance studio? Yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was like a where there thir- were mirrors all over the room. Uh, right, 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 right. That's prefer- sweet. Yeah, I mean, but that <clears throat> like maybe it took like four weeks. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it blew up. That's sweet. And I mean, it, if yeah. you can get a good following, if you can like you know craft good comics coming up you know obviously this is a room where this is for up-and-comers you know you're never gonna see like a name you know a name that you would see on tv but but it's gonna be a great show but you do uh like um anchor bar yeah anchor bar is really cool on occasion you'll get a national comic who will pop the pop in there which is always great about open mics is that you're always seeing people at different stages. Right. You know, and as a comic, too, like, at first I was so intimidated at, like, you know, sh- telling jokes over and over and over because I'm telling it in front of these comics over and over and over. But then it's like, I like actually showing them the progress and showing them, like, oh, yeah, that sucked the first time I said it. But look at me now when I t- said it the 20th time. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... You know, I also tend to not think as much of like, oh, they're totally interested. They're totally, you know, everybody's into their own thing, you know, especially when they're at a mic. You know, I always felt like mics, you know, comics were like totally like intentively like listening to me. And it's like, no, they're not. They're all in their own (laughs) headspace. They're all like worried about their own thing. Like, you know, don't worry about the comics. Worry about the people that are there. Right. Right. That aren't comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. But you know, I'm sure every comic goes through that. It, that's you just, cannot. Yeah, that's just part of growing. Well, the, the thing is, is that I respect these guys so much, and it, it is like a like a, these guys are seeing me so much. I want to see that. I want them to see me improve, mm-hmm. not eat a dick five times in a row. <laughs> yeah, here's something that I heard early on. We we and, and I've made that mistake myself, and that. Uh, could be costly, yeah. uh, you know. But we need to block out, you know, other comics and 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 you know what they may think or say, you know, and just focus on the one or two people, civilians who aren't comics, right? You know, just right. focus on them. Do your set, you know, your bit, whatever, and uh, don't even. And and like I say, I I I've been uh, you know just like everybody else, you know, I've been a victim of you know. I wonder what other you know, but yeah, need to get get away from that. Do you don't matter. Do you do still material that you first did when you were first like, you know, in the 80s? Like do you do you bring that material still back? Uh no, Do you remember you know what? like yeah, your sure. first set? Like <laughs> I mean, I remember several of, of of my jokes from that time. Um I don't uh do any I haven't done any on stage. I mean, right. but I I do um Every now and then, I will say one of them at at my house, you know, just to, you know, just to <laughs> to your cat. Well, no, no, just just to get it out. I'll right. just I'll just say the joke. But um, and do you remember some of your first like your first bit that you were uh, on, I, I went remember, on stage with? I remember a few of them. Yeah. Do you want to uh, divulge them? Uh, 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 <laughs> or are they that let bad? Me see. Um. <clears throat> oh my goodness! You know what? Um. 
Maybe just the premise. <laughs> oh, man. That kind of, uh, yeah, you know what? I think I will. I'm 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 a uh, I'm a pass on that. Um, <laughs> Plead the fifth. <laughs> well, yeah, they're I, all. I don't think it's, they're all too terrible. There was um, a different Johnny. That was just like I say. That was a different time. You know? It was yeah, the eighties. I'm gonna <laughs> let that go. It was a Teddy Ruxpin joke, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a killer joke. <laughs> do you uh, do you find yourself uh, in a really good groove right now? Like do you, do you like where your where your career is now? Um. <clears throat> Well, to be honest about it, um, uh, I can't necessarily say only because I've had a couple of hiccups this past year, uh, yeah. and I'm kind of still going through those. Life gets in the uh, way sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much how. Um, mm. It's funny that you should put it like that because uh, that's how a lot of times. Um, that's how. That's that's how the herd sort of uh, thins and and um, uh, it's like a. Uh, I've seen that with every sifter. comic. There's it's ebbs and flows. You know, you'll see one guy every night for three months, right? And then you see that one that same guy just disappear for four, four months, and you're like, oh, where'd he go? And yeah. then he shows back up, yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> obviously he was going through some stuff. <laughs> you know, something kept him away, but that's a funny. But hopefully, thing. something always brings you back. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I I actually um, I um, I actually get kind of sad, a, a little sad sure. when I see a comic, uh, particularly a funny comic. Um, when I see them kind of stop, either whatever, either just stop yeah. altogether, or just kind of you know they just you, they stop showing up and stop communicating or whatever, just moved for, on. Yeah, for whatever you know? reason. Yeah, they exactly. Decided right. comedy wasn't their sure. thing. I, and the fact of the matter is, is that this happens all the time. Of course, you know, and I hope it does because I want to be there instead. <laughs> oh, if you don't want to do the stage time, I'll, I'll step in. <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. No, but it does feel like yeah, you want to see everybody that you, especially. I know myself, like guys that I've become friends with, guys that I've seen on the stage, you know, ever since I started. It it would be tough to see those guys, you know, ha- hang it up and put it, you know, throw in the towel. And it's like, oh, man, like we started together. I thought we were going to, like, make it together, like, you know, and and for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. But you don't, you can't hold it against anybody. No. This game uh, is crazy, you know. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I think at least for me, um, and, and this is what I tell people, like, I, I caught the comedy bug when I was maybe eight or nine years old. Nice. Um, my parents That's owned, a good age to catch it. <laughs> yeah. My parents owned a couple of businesses, and one of them was a record store. And so nice. I grew up listening to uh, Red Fox, uh, right. Slappy White, um, Milton Berle, Don Rickles, Richard, um, yeah. Dick Gregory. Of course. And so I love I, Dick Gregory. Oh, yeah. I think the first time I heard Red Fox, hmm. uh, the first time I heard somebody talk, uh, look, I mean, you know, kind of, kind of talk for about five or six minutes, yeah, and they were saying things that made you made, made me laugh for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a few, you know, uh, yeah, that kind of that. That's yeah. how I caught it, and so I definitely watched uh, my fair share of Sanford and Son. Right, that show yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and you would never see that type of show on now, like uh, him, no, him calling his son the way he did, like right. you know, belittling him and right. calling right. him a dummy and whatnot. You're like, oh, I loved it. 
I love because it, it was so relatable. Because uh-huh. that's how my dad treated me. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. And it was it was. It, I find it nostalgic now, but <laughs> I is it is it weird though? Watching back, like watching those comedy now and and seeing it age, you know, does it age well? You know, do you think Richard Pryor is just as good now as he was back in the seventies, oh, or do you think yeah. he could have? <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Come out with the same jokes nowadays with this type of culture. I mean, here's here's the thing, Daryl. Um, uh, I think that yeah, I definitely think that Richard uh, he would be just as just as much as a genius. I mean, well, take look at Paul Paul Mooney. Yeah, Paul yeah. Mooney's. Hilarious. I mean, of course he would. Um, and and you know, uh, Kennison, Bill Hicks. I mean, um. Yeah, they would be just as relevant and even more so today. Right, um, right. I mean, I just think that, um, uh, you know, I personally think that, you know, it's a comedian is, in my opinion, you know, it's a, it's a slight difference between a comedian and a comic. Really? Yeah. But let me say this here. I think that, um, and I've thought this for the past eight or nine years, seven, eight years now, uh, anybody literally... Um, can be a comic i mean i can Hmm. i've told people for years i could write out a three-minute set and give it to my wife and have her practice it for whatever a couple of you know whatever two three weeks a month and after a month she could get on stage and do this three-minute set and now it may take a you know take some time of her getting on stage and you know kind of yeah working it in but uh uh, she could she'd be able to do it, you know. After you know whatever six months, she you know she'll be able to do that three minute set. And she you know, could call her herself sleep. a comic. Sure, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, or or matter of fact, that's funny. You should mention that. Um, and that's something else that I talk about. Um, uh, as far as uh comics, um, you know, anybody can. I mean, you know, you don't need to go to school. You know, you don't need to get a degree. You, you know, you don't have to. Um, you know, it's no. It, the fact of the matter is, I mean, there are, but but it's it's really, um, uh, uh, let's just say back in the day, back in the, the 40s and 50s and right. whatever, it, there was no comedy classes. It wasn't no books no. on comedy. Matter of fact, actually, the comedy class was the uh, the audience. Yeah. Uh, what, what, the stage was the uh, the classroom, and the audience was, was the teacher. Yeah, because yeah, there were no workout rooms. It was like all through vaudeville, so you're, you know an MC that's opening for like some sort of musical act and you start to learn like, Oh, these jokes, I need something besides just a presence. You know, I need to start working out an act and then those acts slowly become stand up comedy. But do you feel like there's material that you can't say, you know, there's a subject out there that you can't touch? Uh, well, I personally, um, uh, there are a couple that I let's just say that I wouldn't touch. Um, right. I, I, not that it's not funny. It's just not you. Right. It's just not me. Um, now, at one time, I may have you know I may have touched. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in all honesty, um, I mean uh, the truth of the matter is, as a matter of fact, well, uh, what's the old saying that uh, all comedy is based on uh, is what pain turned inside uh, or something like that? Oh, right. Um, uh, tragedy turned inside out. Yes, I mean yes. <clears throat> we can laugh at you know you can you know I mean I can it, it's 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 quite a few things that initially weren't funny you like know what? but but oh um 
uh, like uh, like Trump getting elected oh. president. I mean, you know, right? Although and you would think that's the thing. It's like as a comic, that's almost par for the course now. Like, although you got to have a Trump bit. Although some people may not necessarily think that it's, 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 it's you know may not necessarily think it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, right now. But then a lot do. I mean, but you know, here's the thing. What can you do? You know, he, you know, Trump is president, whether you like it or not. Right. Um, right. And um, that's, you know. Well, I guess that's what a lot of comics think is like, oh, you can't do anything except tell a joke about it. Uh, well, the fact of the matter is, is that it's a lot of jokes there. I mean, mm-hmm. how could it not be? I mean, you it's know, pretty just easy the, to write. But yeah. Just the idea of I mean, when you see Trump, you know, you I mean, it, it would literally almost be like um, almost be like uh, picking a guy up off the off the from out the bushes or something and asking him to um uh, come into this big corporate building and taking him up to the top floor and saying okay you know here's your office you mm-hmm. know you know we want you to run this run multi-million dollar business <laughs> you know what i'm saying are you, know, you uh, saying uh, donald trump's a homeless person in disguise or uh no i'm <laughs> not necessarily i'm not saying that i'm just saying from the standpoint of taken in my opinion anybody who may not you know who who doesn't have any experience whatsoever right you know what i'm saying and putting them in this position and all of a sudden i mean it's just oh my i it can it's a weird time we live in for sure uh, well here's another thing and you know not everybody sees the humor in it but um you know the ideal <coughs> that um the ideal that a couple of airplanes mm. uh can fly into a a a, a fortified concrete steel building and then in several hours cause the whole building to uh implode uh is like that's that's like you know it's like that what you i can how's it i mean have you seen it you know have you seen outside of an airplane no you know what i'm saying they're not uh you know it's no it's you know it's, it's almost baffling it is it's, crazy and so are you saying that you don't want to make a 9-11 joke no <laughs> n- not at all i'm just what i am saying is that um again um to answer your question um uh going back to that uh all comedy is based on tragedy um um I mean, I, it's a lot of jokes in there now that may not necessarily have been in there. Uh, well, of course, you know, they weren't right. in there years ago. You right. Know, but it, I mean, e- even just the, you know, just defending. Have you, you know. talked a lot about your tragedies on stage? Oh, all the time. <laughs> your your misses, <laughs> not all the hits. All the time. All <laughs> the time. I mean, well, I'll give you an example. Today, I'm 28 years sober. Right. By the grace of God. Yeah, good for you. Now, it's definitely a good. That's something, uh, not the sober part, but um, uh, the part before getting sober. I talk about it all the time on right, stage. Right, right. Yeah, it's part of my life. Um, and you find that now you can laugh at it, but when did you start feeling that you could laugh at that? Oh, oh man, it, w- it was years later. Years. Yeah. Not just like, yeah, you can't like two weeks out of being or. I Being could. sober, you can't just suddenly become turn this into a bit. It has to be years. Well, for me, it did. Right. Like, I mean, I can't speak for... Well, I find that it's like that with most comics. And it doesn't even have to deal with substance abuse. It's sure. anything that's gone fucked up in their life. Uh, you know, when it's happening, that's not when you want to be funny. You no, know, you're not... Uh, <laughs> it's not funny at that time. No. The day you break up with your girlfriend is not the day you want to go do an open mic. No, <laughs> no. 
Or, but the, a year later, that's when you go and then you talk about your breakup. <laughs> or I give you another example. <clears throat> when my dad <clears throat> um, transitioned uh, back in 2010. To a female? Uh, no, to another life. Oh, yeah, when he left this life and <laughs> right. transition, I call it transition. I I, I, I no it. longer like to use those morbid terms. Got it, got it. Um, now at that time, and and to be honest, I, I really didn't. You, as a comic, you you kind of um, uh, you kind of like got like like a third eye. Uh, that's on at all times. Definitely, you you, you the observer. Time, yeah, a lot of times you're not even aware that it's on. You know, but just just from being a comic and just from Telling jokes just from writing jokes out, you know, from writing jokes, it, it's like it's on 24 hours. Yeah. And so you may see something that at that particular time you see it, it may not register right then. Yeah. But maybe later on that night um, or the next day. Um, yeah, your subconscious right. has gotten a hold of it and exactly. now it turns it into a bit. Exactly. As a comic, you know, you just, you know, you just, you notice things, you know, you just, I mean, it's like. You know, it's just it's it's almost like you got this, you know, this yeah. tape. Plan. And my girlfriend hates that that I have that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, right. It's not you know. For She's the always like, why does everything have to be a joke? Exactly, to you? <laughs> exactly. So now here's something. Like I say, when my father transitioned at the time, right, and, and I didn't even notice this at the time that this was this was going on. But anyway, during the the um during the uh, the wake, you know, wake one day, you know, sure. they had a wake. Then the next day they had a, you know the home going. Right. And so you know we went through all that now. Maybe, um, like a year later, you know, because actually I wasn't doing comedy at that time, you know, right. but I still, I, the, 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 you had the, the pilot, the eyes still. Well, the pilot has been on even mm-hmm. the 30 years I was not getting on stage. The pilot was still on. It's like, you know, I don't know. I think that, um, um, I think one thing about doing whatever it is, whether it's comedy, singing, um, musician, Anything creative. I think that if you have a passion for it, um, I think the passion will never leave. I no. think it may dim, but I don't think it'll ever blow out. And it's so weird how, like, in every type of art, there is so many different levels where, like, yeah, there's that one guy that everybody knows. Right. And then there's those guys that nobody knows, but they're still making a living. Sure. They're still doing exactly what they want to do. Sure. And doing exactly what ev- that one guy that everybody knows. Right. Except maybe... One out of every ten people know him and, mm-hmm. or her, you know, or yeah, only a select few know them. But it's enough mm-hmm. for them to create a living out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Which that's all I'm wanting to be. I'm not wanting to be a household name. I just want to do this for a living mm-hmm. <laughs> in any type of capacity. You know, mm-hmm. like as long as um, I can pay one bill, that's great. If I can pay eight bills, that's even better. <laughs> here's the thing: um, you never know. Um, where this will take you? No, and no. You could. Um, I tell comics this all the time. I said, if you're good and you're constantly working on mm. your craft, and mm. you're you're also um, you're also spreading out uh, like you're doing. You right. do podcasts. You yeah. know, you, you probably do. You, you know, have to diversify. More. Exactly. You, you right. definitely have to get into different things and yeah. not just. Right. Even though no. I would love to do just mics. Sure. Yeah, but, but so here's the thing. It's no telling like I say if you're doing all those things and you're you know, you're networking, it's just no telling when you know, a lot of times this is just based on luck. It's based Definitely. on luck, being in the right place at the right time Definitely. and of course being prepared. 
I mean, yep. but you never know when, you know, somebody, for whatever reason, they just may, you know, okay, you, you know, you may end up doing a podcast with a comic and that comic may know somebody and, and may right. suggest you. And before you, I, I'll give you a quick example. Um, somebody was telling me about um, a friend, a comic friend of theirs who was an Uber driver. Right. And he was, he lives in Hollywood and he's doing the Hollywood scene just like everybody else. You know, the slaving, you know. Yes. You know, mics, you know, and in between mics, you Uber driving and so on and mm-hmm, so forth. Mm-hmm. So one day, the Uber driver, he picked up a customer, picked up a client. You right, know? right, So right, he's right. taking her wherever. They get to chit-chatting. She asked him what did he do. He told her he was a uh, comic and he also did impersonations. Right. And... She said, who can you do? He threw a few names out. And I think either, I don't remember if he mentioned her brother or if she asked him if he could do her brother, whatever. Anyway, her brother <laughs> was a famous, whatever, producer. I was going to say, he was just, <laughs> that would be even weirder if he was nobody. And, can you do my brother? Yeah. No, yeah, no. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so. She, Ashton Kutcher, maybe. <laughs> she asked him, uh, or he told her, you know, yeah, I can do blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, you can. So anyway, he, she said, let me hear you doing. And he did her brother, who is a Hollywood celebrity uh, actor, producer. He did her brother. She listened to him. Her brother was Christopher Walken? I can't remember (laughs) who he was, but she called her brother from the backseat of the car and said, hey, I want you to listen to this. And she had the Uber driver do him again. Cool. And next thing you know, the brother asked the Uber driver guy to come down on the set the next day. Whoa. And, um... The guy ended up being in the movie. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how, you know, whatever. But he, you know, he, he did have a, a couple no, of lines in the movie. That's what you, yeah, you're, it's, that's it's what you luck, call you know, yeah, luck yeah. is all about like capturing and anticipating moments and, and harnessing them and turning them into your benefit. You and know? preparation. Yeah. It's being prepared that when a, when an opportunity presents itself like that, it's able to you know, take advantage of it and go, oh, this is now my moment instead of like, oh, I'm just going to just, you know, let it just go by the wayside and not capture it. You know, it's like you missed a moment, bro. Like if there was because there's plenty of guys that probably would have went like, okay, I'm going to do this impression for this girl. But then as soon as she's like, oh, do it in front of him, they would have went like, no, I'm good. I'm I can't do that. And that was your moment that you missed. And, yeah, I've always feel like those are the times where, yeah, when there's – I've had those times where I've gone to, a, a, you know, a, a booked show. Somebody, you know, falls out last minute, and the booker comes up to me and goes, you're a comic, right? Do you want to do 10? And suddenly I'm doing 10 at a show that I was just going there as a fan, not looking to do time or anything. And now that booker – is booking me at other shows now because he saw me that one time and I said, yeah, oh, you're going to give me time? I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking I was doing it, but I'm now going to do it. And it worked. You know, it was a set that actually helped instead of like, oh, I sucked a dick and now he's like regretting putting me on. <laughs> Matter of fact, um, <clears throat> I, I, I personally know another fellow, another comic who... um was not even on this particular show. He just happened to be at the Hollywood Improv right. the night that uh, Chris Tucker was also there. Wow. And Chris Tucker performed, mm-hmm. and the host of the show told Chris Tucker that that particular comic 
did a good impression of him. Awesome. And the comic said, is that right? He said, put him on stage. Nice. He gave the guy three minutes. And uh, from that three minutes, he ended up doing, like, went on tour with uh, Chris Tucker for, like, I think, over about three years. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's needless to say. So, yeah, now he's. Uh, I would love to have a Chris Tucker impression. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Um. I went to see um, <clears throat> a friend of mine, Pat Laborio. Mm-hmm. He opens up for uh, Craig Shoemaker. Yeah, I love both of them. Yeah, and Shoemaker has a good um, uh, uh, Chris Rock. He does really? a good. Yeah, he does a good. Chris <laughs> I always Rock. love his. Uh, he does a Don Knotts. That's really funny. Shoemaker. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, the Love Master. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, gotta okay. love that. Yeah, you know, I, I had actually I had never seen him until um, uh, until matter of fact, I, I vaguely heard of him, but until Pat started working with him, I, right. know, I knew of him. I'd heard, but I'd never seen him before. Never I remember uh, one of my first mics was a mic that Pat hosted, and it was at the two o two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was over in Anaheim, yeah, and uh, that's, yeah, that was uh, one of my home clubs. Yep. Yep. As a matter of fact, I hosted Pat's show for about nine months. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it actually that was a good room. I would leave Tickles because mm. Tickles was over by nine thirty, and then yes. shoot over there, and that started at ten. Yes. I probably did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was when I first started, and then uh, and then yeah. I, Life happened, and I took a year off, and then I came back, and now I've been doing it for almost, yeah, a year ah. straight, like just <laughs> grinding at least two or three mics a week. Oh, I probably did, what, my my most was probably at least seven in one week, ah. but it's and usually you, at least two or three. You're in Long Beach. Yep, yep. Oh. So I do a lot of the wine bar. I do a lot of library. Uh, yeah, the Blacklight when it was around, uh, Tribal, all those bars that are, yeah, in, in Long Beach. As well as a uh, few others, you know, Bricks and 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 Anchor Bar, yeah, yeah, the Harp. I started in Long Beach. Nice, yeah, it's a good scene. It's, did, it's got a lot of cool uh, rooms. I did Long Beach off and on. I mean, yeah, literally, Long Beach was the second stage that yeah. I was ever on. And um, and how did it go? Uh, it actually didn't go bad at all. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I Long Beach was a I don't, you know, I, I know they're doing a lot more now. Um, Long Beach comedy is like, probably like the comedy in Orange County. Totally. It kind of goes like in spurts. I mean, like out here in the, in the, like the mid-90s, hmm. comedy was hot. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill Word, he was doing his thing. It's another guy, I can't think of his name, but he hosts uh, Gallagher's in oh, okay. HB. Right, right, but right, right. At, at one time in the early 90s, he had... He had like about fifteen locations. Wow! Uh, yeah, in the OC between from Imperial to PCH. Pretty sweet. Yeah, he had Dang. about yeah. I mean, it was yeah. Comedy was hot out here. I could see that. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a lot of booms. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, when I started doing comedy mm. in 2010, matter of fact, that's how I ended up going. Well, actually, let's just say, because I started December 2010, but in 2011, you know, when I started hitting the mics, mm. that's how come I started, I, have, I ended up going into Hollywood, because right. the, the only thing that was going on out here was Max Blooms, mm-hmm. and then it was, I think it was one or two, like, in um, 
uh, Mission Viejo uh, right. out that way, Aliso Viejo. But, you know, the that couples, drag bar. Well, no, nah, uh, well, the, the drag bar wasn't around then. This was right. later. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so it was, it was re- really, it was not much happening out this way. Right. You know, right. not like it is now. Now, it's, you know. Yeah, there's <coughs> a, I mean, you can find two or three mics a night. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and those are the ones <coughs> that, that are listed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not even talking about the underground places. Oh, yeah, of course. There's definitely a lot. I, I remember there's one uh, that was literally behind a Food for Less. It was just in the alley. <laughs> it's just some guy brought a, a speaker and a microphone, and it's literally just in the back of a oh, well, Food for Less. <laughs> well, I I do that myself. I've done. Uh, really? I got, oh, I got a. um. Like I got a, a pop-up comedy stage. Oh, you seen my uh you seen my uh my ma- my uh, magnetized flyer that I put on the side of my car. Uh maybe? Yeah, yeah, I, I think do. I have. It's, 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 it says it has me, you know, yes. and it says pop-up comedy. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, I got an amp, a um portable amp. But matter of fact, um, me and uh, We've done right across the street at Walmart, right over the freeway. We, I heard. Yeah, we've done <laughs> Seth Walmart Woodward several told times. Me, yeah, yeah. He, that you would just set up a speaker in front of Walmart oh, yeah. and well, do a I, set. <laughs> I, but now, <clears throat> I didn't just come up with this myself. Right. I, I back in 2011, I saw in Chicago they were doing street comedy. Right. And I contacted the guy and asked him about it. And he said, "Yeah, we just we'll you know uh, post something on Facebook like three o'clock. We'll post. Okay, we're doing a show on uh, 67th and and Broadway at right. seven o'clock. Right. You know, and uh, some about whatever first come. You know, and people you know, just gather around. Yeah. And uh, and so that kind. And then oh, and then um, uh, Greg Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took one of his classes. Right. And read and brought his book. And the book was. Uh, really informative but anyway the book kind of put that out the book said don't wait around don't wait for you know it said start at walmart uh, that was the first chapter it actually (laughs) said to um you can start a comedy show anywhere the book said just go book said take the uh just just take the lead book said just go just just you know just don't wait just go get you get you what you need and just go out and ask if you can but yeah well that's how i and, and maybe i'll turn this into a plug but that's how i really uh thought initially for the comedy show for the one year anniversary is like i saw you post an ad saying hey do you want to host your own show and i took that as like hey he's talking to me uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> i need to do this you know this is the the moment that i need to uh you know take mm-hmm. and and i feel like yeah it's one of those types of things like this is the progression, you know. You have to like give yourself like goals and benchmarks. Like, hey, by this time, host your own show. By this time, get booked on X amount of shows, or you know, try to be better than you were last year. <laughs> Whether it be doing your own stuff or taking advantage of other people's stuff, you know. Either way, do it and do it well. I've had um, I've had <clears throat> several comics that I know out here. Um, who've done their own shows there, and several of these comics have worked with me on some of my shows, some of my yeah. improv shows, some of my um, uh, other shows that I've produced. Um, and a couple of them have always asked me about about um, you know they would ask me about getting on my Brea show. Right. So anyway, um, about oh maybe about nine months ago is when I thought about. Uh, um, I thought, well, you know, let me see. You know, because uh, like I said, a few of them who've done 
done the improv with me. They they brought you know a nice crowd out. Of course. And I've had them produce their shows. Right. And then they uh, their shows were like great shows. Really. Uh, yeah. And then a couple of more. Like the guy Wade Whammer who did his show last week, a couple yep. of these other guys, I've I've, I've literally had to convince them to hmm. do a show. Right. And uh, but once they did the show, and it, I mean it was almost like it's almost like getting on stage the first time, you know, and getting bit by the comedy bug. Yeah. You know, you literally, you know, you got to be pushed to get on, you know, by your buddies, and you know, go on. Well, you know, I know you're a lot funny. of comics that that's that they're that mentality. You know, they have that idea of like you know. They don't have a lot of uh, fortitude when they could push themselves. Like, but once they realize that they can do it, then they're like, "Oh, oh. now I'm going to do this all the time." Oh man, I'm talking. But about to get them to do it, that's right. the tough part, <laughs> right? And but yeah, once uh, yeah they once they've done it, and you know, uh, once they've seen, yeah. that, that, hey, you know, this, that's a great show, like you know? Nick Merritt's show, the um, the Collective. Right, he's got another show yeah. Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, he threw one good show, and now he's caught the bug of like, hey, maybe uh, I should do this every month. Like, he's actually the smart ass collective. Me, before, before me, uh, this is actually his third show. Yeah, but but before me, he was doing a show uh, at the gay bar in Santa Ana. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh, uh, what's it? Uh, the Velvet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a show, but there for a while. Right. And so you know, he's a, he's he's so he's, he's hilarious. That guy's yeah. Oh, yeah. A, he's a grinder. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love him. I mean, oh, he's yeah. he's a he's a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Good dude, mm-hmm. good dude, Nick. But yeah, we we um, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah your May show May 12th, guys. May 12th, it's going to be really cool. I'm going to have um, well, let's see, uh, it's going to be uh, Ramon Hernandez, Anthony Mojica, Jose Juan Pazos, Marty uh, Worst, JJ. Uh, yeah, JJ. Uh, yep. JJ, JJ, kind of. JJ, I don't know if it's me or if he kind of comes and if, uh, you know maybe he, he disappears and, and then he does he'll pop back around. <laughs> But that's my main dude. He's we really funny. Do, what about uh, you? Got Rude on the show? I haven't talked to Rude, but I will. I I, I might talk to Rude. Yes, I could have sworn I saw a post just a couple of days ago where he said he was back. Nice, he is. I, I mean, I I, I, saw, I saw him post. at a mic uh, last Wednesday. Okay, yeah, that's we. Uh, and me and uh, Rude started. Uh, he may have started may maybe about a year after I did. Yep, he was but, on the podcast. But JJ, yeah, same. We've been we we yep. saw four years ago. In Long Beach. Yeah, that's where I met them all. Right, I mean, right. these guys are, are very cool guys yeah, on yeah. and off the stage for sure. Yeah, they're my guys. Yeah, and uh, and then still a surprise headliner. I haven't uh, decided who it's going to be, but uh, I'm, I will tell you by next episode for sure who's headlining. So, guys, awesome. keep in mind, uh, it's May 12th at the OC Steel House over here off of Euclid in Broadway. On here, Euclid. Yeah, on Euclid in the beautiful town of Anaheim right here. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Well, uh, do you want to uh, plug anything before uh, we shut on out? Do you know, um, <clears throat> you familiar with Alex Elkins? Yes. You are? Yes. Okay. Alex Elkins and Friends. Really? Uh, the Carvey Boys. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you familiar with them? No, 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 no. Okay, Dana Carvey's sons. Oh, yes. Okay. They're doing a duo act. Yes, right, yes, right, I've heard right. of it. Okay, well, they're going to be at the Steel House. Wow, really? April 13th. Cool. That's not this Thursday, but the following yes. Thursday. 7 yes. o'clock yes. with Alex Elkins. Oh, that'll be a good show to oh, see, guys. Man. Definitely check yeah, that out. That, um, yeah, it's, uh, and then it's another headliner. It's Alex's co-headliner, and I can't think of her name right offhand, but she's opened up for, um, uh, she's opened up for several, um, um, she opened up for, I know she's been on late night TV, but anyway, um, yeah, that's, uh. 316 South Euclid, yep. uh, Anaheim, 92802, OC House Bar and Events. Yeah, if you guys um, want to go see any live comedy show, there are always really good shows like Friday, Sunday, Saturday, any day pretty much. Nick Merritt, <laughs> yes. his comedy show is this Sunday at 7. Yes, and, and it's Amber's going to be there. Show yeah. And an all-female band. That's sweet. That's a new I'm one. I'm going to definitely try to check that oh, out. Oh, yeah. That'll yeah, be fun. Just the band alone. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, oh, um, May 4th, um, yes. Blue Lives Matter comedy hmm. show. Really? It's going to be at um, the Pasadena Ice House. Cool. Yeah. Um, in the. It's going to uh, be uh, to benefit cops or. Uh, actually, it's to bring about awareness. Okay. Yeah. Support. We, yeah. We're supporting law enforcement. Cool. Yeah, Very sweet. we uh, we understand that law enforcement is a uh, that's a tough gig. Yeah, there is a disconnect, and if people it's, could it's tough. It's communicate better with one another, I think we could get some some progress going. <laughs> I got I got a, um we we did one you know in January totally um at uh, Brea. I do recall seeing a yeah. flyer for that. Yeah, and I got uh, this uh, one current uh, LAPD and two. Former uh, law enforcement officers on the May Fourth show. Wow! So they're doing time. Wow, that's really cool. And they're, oh, they're funny too. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a plenty of stories, plenty <laughs> of material. Oh man, when I think of uh, uh, Aaron Thompson, oh my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, that's May Fourth, and uh, I don't have the. I'm waiting on a uh, Brad Improv date. Very cool. Well, but, yeah. Until then, we're definitely there's so many dates. Do you want to plug your social media for uh, anybody Johnny to go Flowers, check those out? Uh, you can. I'm on Facebook, IG, Twitter, uh, Johnny Flowers at Facebook, um, JFlow, um, IG, and uh, yep. uh, I believe it's uh, H, uh, H Flowers, if I'm not mistaken, Twitter. Uh, but anyway, you, you'll find me. Yeah, yep. just look me up. I'm on all, all the uh, social medias. It's definitely a must. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Johnny, I want to thank you again for definitely coming on and taking the time out to uh, do the show. It's uh, a very cool thing to, uh, you know, see somebody that was there first, you know, and, and now getting to see, you know, them a year later and, and having you on my show, you know. It's my pleasure, <laughs> Daryl. My pleasure. Oh, and last but not least, um, I meant to let you know that uh, I enjoyed your set oh uh, thanks <laughs> that you did at uh nick's on nick's show yes last month that yeah, was, was a fun pretty, show you were pretty crafty you, <laughs> you uh you put some work in them jokes and they were funny i remember or i'll take that as a very genuine compliment because yeah it's it means a yes, lot to indeed. like see people like because i remember you seeing one of my first sets and you're like dude you got a lot of work <laughs> to do <laughs> And to see me now is like, oh, that, that means a lot. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, guys, definitely tune in next week. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on. Maybe it'll be a solo show. Who knows? But uh, tune in next week 
for a brand new episode and definitely go rate and subscribe on itunes or wherever you get podcasts and follow me at obviously this comics life on facebook and instagram or you can go to this comics life pod at gmail.com if you want to write me an email or follow me on twitter at the d stories all right guys definitely just be good to one another and uh peace out